Yo, hey, hello, how are you doing? It's that time of the week, it's bang on the nose, five o'clock Sunday the 23rd, and I'm shattered, shattered. I've been working on the um, the art house den, garden den building all day today. Um, bad weather, shitty weather, weather that's um, got, got gets you down weather the last week or so here in the East Midlands, UK, um, kind of grim, grey, raining off and on, kind of can't quite get in the groove of anything, but necessary, um, so not been doing a lot, but today was decent weather, which was lovely, so I just cracked on all day today, and uh, pretty much ready to get the roof covered, so it's all good, kids getting excited, and it's coming together, um, I just realised how fucking busy I am. I just went and laid down after a shower with my wife on the bed, just chilling. Fuck, I've got to do the podcast intro. I've got to edit next week's podcast. And fucking, I forgot to put this week, as you're about to listen to this episode, I forgot to premiere this. It went out at 8 o'clock on Friday on the on the YouTube channel, as the, all the video versions of these do on the Friday prior. So if you're not... Um, subscribed or following or aware of YouTube then do head over to YouTube search Tudor Chat Podcast and then subscribe hit the notification bell uh, and that really does help obviously find other people to find us and so on and so forth and then you get to uh, see the videos and all the rest of it but yeah I forgot to hit the premiere on it so it went out but it didn't premiere so we didn't get the chat and all that I've just been mad busy with uh, day job and family and building this thing at home and yeah doing podcasts and whatever it slipped my mind so apologies to you guys um but the audio version you're about to hear um this will all be where it's supposed to be i've been listening talking of audio versions and people who've been following the podcast for a while those of you who haven't or are new one of the podcasts that i love one of the probably the most inspirational podcast to me is tangentially speaking with dr christopher ryan uh, Chris Ryan, for those of you who don't know, he's an author, he's an anthropologist, um, but he's also kind of like a, he's like an intellectual gypsy. He travels around uh, in his van and just, yeah, lives off, lives out in the woods off the back of his van, which at his age, in his later 50s, he calls it kind of like the, it's kind of like the elder statesman's backpack. He was traveling the world in his 20s and 30s. Um, thought he was going to be an academic in the sense of being a professor, he's a PhD, but he didn't like that whole thing and the convention of everything didn't fit him. But his podcast is amazing and he just, uh, he only does the audio version and I I thought for a long time I'd only do audio with my podcast because I just love it when you're painting the picture yourself of what you think's happening with the the host or the the environment that they're in or the, the guest's. I do think that's magic, and I did wrestle with that, um, and I started off just audio, because I do like the idea that you paint the picture of this world, this Chew the Chat world in your own mind, especially because we're so inundated with just videos and um, so much content, that word. Um, but lockdown happened, and I thought, you know what, oh, let's go for it, let's do video, and I do love video, and I love the little world we've created, but... Listening to Chris today while I was working in the garden, I've done like nine hours in the garden and I just went back to back and caught up with a lot of his podcasts. And it reminded me of that feeling, you know, when you're just painting the picture of these different people, because with Chris especially, you know, he's in his van, he'll just pull up in some random woods in Montana and meet some people that 
always end up being pretty cool, interesting people and just do podcasts with these random people. And it's, yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. It's magic. And I think as I had a bath um, today after work, I thought, you know what? That is magic. There's something about not having everything or not knowing everything, not seeing everything that seems to be um, still as magic as ever, although it's getting lost. It's getting lost in the everything now. But anyway, I sidetrack. We are brought to you by our sponsors, Go Deep Flotation. Now, I made it over there. I went to see Kieran. Thank you, Kieran. Um, I went for a late float on, I think it was Wednesday night. Maybe maybe Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Amazing. Really needed it. <clears throat> I got in the pod. It's the latest one I've ever done. I think I got in the float at like nine o'clock and I had 75 minutes. And I must have just gone gone out. I think I was just, must have been straight sleep. I don't know. It was amazing though. I've had a dicky knee as, as I've been moaning about recently. Some weird shit happening in my knee. I can run. I did a five mile run on Thursday morning. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I floated. Wednesday night, ran Thursday morning early, six o'clock across the fields, no problem running. It's just when I'm moving around, this kind of weird, some of the guys I train with think it might be fluid, but anyway, the float was good for me. It felt great on the body, really, really cool. Um, great to see Kieran, love seeing Kieran. Had a nice embrace and catch up with everything going down. Um, always love seeing him. Uh, and he had wonderful news that um, made me all warm inside, which I'm sure you'll You'll, you'll put out there at some point um, but yeah go deep flotation man every single time I go and I say it every time Google floating if you're not aware of floating if you're sat listening to this in Ontario which some of you are or in um, fucking any one of the like 28 states in the USA that you're listening to us how do's to our American listeners how you doing man um, yeah flotation just Google it have a, have a little nosy it's fantastic and where Go Deeper Concerned, where I float and who sponsor this podcast, um, they're lovely, lovely people. And as I say, being lifted, just greet, meeting and greeting and chatting with Kieran and Annie um, always lifts me. So if you are intrigued, then do Google Go Deep Flotation. Google Flotation anyway, have a nosy. Um, and if you go and see the guys, code word chew will get you 10% off. So big love to Kieran and Annie at Go Deep. Our second sponsor is lincolncryolab.co.uk. I was on there the week before last, I think, maybe the week before that. Last, Anyway, again, same thing, rehabilitating my injury and just giving my body a recalibrate, a, a shock blast. Um, lots of talk about cells at the moment with vaccines and immune systems and, and all this stuff. And, you know, um, cold therapy, if you read up, uh, is a hell of a way to kind of naturally and um i guess in the same way as our ancestors um unknowingly without wanting to be life hackers just by way of living life in a less um uh what would you even call it just a fucking crazy time where we've got an app we've got an app for your, everything you know once upon a time people just lived and cold therapy um is something that's fantastic for rejuvenating cells and inflammation and yeah that was amazing as well i had a really good cryo last time three minutes just bosh in and that mad vibration feeling when you get off that cold feeling that that kind of hot cold it's weird um yeah 
So big love to Matt as well. Uh, I think I mentioned we're going to get him on. I've got to arrange getting him on because we want to do a, a cheeky weekend nighttime one where we can have a drink and talk um, old school where where Matt was a, a travelling punk rocker raver because uh, he's been approached by BBC to do um, to do a documentary and stuff. So we're going to get on with that. So uh, yeah, code word chew and you can get over to linkandcryolab.co.uk and you can get 10% off your cryotherapy sesh. Tell them you came from the podcast and you will be um, greeted with warm embrace. Okie cokey. Um, last week's episode with um, Rich, Rich Jones was a long one. I didn't realise how long it was, especially for you guys in the audio down here, you know, with the intro and outro, me waffling on, I think it was like f- over four hours. So that was a record. But I've had some lovely comments come back, um, prison officers and... Um, fellow guys who've come off that rocky road of criminality and built a, a straight and narrow life yeah really nice comments um veterans as well um really uplifting people took a lot from that episode so i appreciate that that's cool and thank you to rich he's going um and doing fantastic work especially with the rehabilitating the, the veterans and providing uh, resources to help them try and get back into some kind of normality um so yeah thank you for everybody who who did send in lovely lovely comments and messages and so on and shared the episodes again i will say anybody listening down here who loves it in the audio good on you like i said a moment ago i've kind of missed the magic of not seeing everything and you know being overwhelmed by imagery i like the idea of, of you guys who just listen in audio that's amazing if you are in apple itunes if you if you could um take a second to drop a um, one of the reviews and the click the stars or whatever. It just really helps with the algorithm for people to find this podcast and to join our little crew if it fits, if it sits. Um, yeah, I'll be really, really grateful. But most of all, just, just telling a friend, you know, if you're compelled by a guest, by a vibe, by this little community, yeah, just share it to a friend who you think might, might feel the same and we can, um, yeah, we can kind of heal ourselves together. That'd be amazing. I also want to take the opportunity to shout out UK Column because they are doing tremendous work, tremendous work. Independent news channel, um, legacy media are just killing, killing conversation, killing free speech, killing every opportunity that we may have to have a debate about anything. There's just it's just government funded, 1.8 billion pounds of government money now just controlling the, the legacy mainstream media and the, you can't you can't get a conversation going now you literally are binary you are either some crazy conspiracy theorist or you are um you're just offering the lip service that's been parroted down and that is fucking insane so uk column they publish their um their live news show every monday wednesday and friday at one o'clock, it's about an hour and between an hour and 15, hour and a half uh, long. And it is fantastic, such a fantastic resource. Their website, ukcolumn.org, um, is fantastic. Such amazing contributors, such on the money, on the money, um, current affairs that they cover, everything. It's just, I don't know what I would do during this last, this last sort of, um, 15 months, whatever it's been without UK column and Ivor Cummins and others, you know, independent, um, sources of, of conversation that you just know whether you agree with everything, which I do not agree with everything, but there's just this nourishing knowledge knowing that, oh, these people aren't just getting paid 
you know, £155,000 a year to do as they're told. These people are actually doing work off their own back, out of their own little hired studio premises, you know, with their own little rig that they've created. A bit like back in the day when bands used to just make something happen on their own, you know, like there's a passion, there's a determination, there's a there's a a free will to create something, to 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 discover truth, to share some kind of sanity. And that is so nourishing right now because outside of that, if you just, I mean, fuck man, look at what's coming out of the mainstream. I mean, it's just, it's like processed food. It's just a machine, you know, a machine narrative that is just soulless. I mean, even seeing old Bozza, Bojo and Matt Handjob talking, you know, you can just see even they they are just like you can you can see it in their eyes that they're just reeling off the the rhetoric that's just been um you know posted via the world economic forum and all of the the um that blue chip overlord uh cast yeah it's it's crazy man you just you can just feel it you can just feel that it is so um just inauthentic and contrived and I can almost see Matt Hancock's wife saying to him at night in bed, you know, are you okay? You know, this is getting way out of hand. I'm, I'm really worried for the kids. I'm worried for the future. You know, our kids are going to be, you know, I can, I can feel it and I can, I can, I can almost see him like, you know, as we all do trying to justify this and that. And, you know, we can all blame the, we're just following the science and sage this and it's all bollocks, man. So yeah, the UK column.org get over there and um, yeah, you might be able to recalibrate and rebalance your life. I'm going to have a mouthful of whiskey at this point, guys. Yes. So yeah, ukcolumn.org, head over there, give those guys some support um, because we need that more than ever. And again, I reiterate, you know, it's not necessarily about agreeing with everybody and, oh, I'm on this team and I'm that team. Zoom out, macro vision, you know, we must keep free speech alive, ideas must be allowed to permeate around the people, the hive consciousness. All of this shit that's happening now in the name of health is, is you know, we have to remember that whether we like it or not, war has, uh, has always been the situation between, you know, tribes across time, you know, to the present day of you know where we've monetized said wars you know like china used the internet to control their people to monitor their people to create power and they are now winning the global race okay so like any race and whether you like it or not, it is always this, you know, when we, we got all these secret agencies, you know, MI6 and all of these different agencies that are always operating to find out what they're doing to what we need to do, right? They're doing this, we're doing that, you know, the moon race, you, you name it. It's always the case, you know. China are winning. China have been winning for a while and they're winning because of the way that they've weaponized the internet and data and the knowledge of the people and the, the prediction of behavior. And the control and the and the conditioning of behaviour. And I'm telling you now, that is what's happening. We are having to, 
in order to confront China, we have to become them in many ways. And we have to, it's like a, the, the, the simplest kind of analogy I use is like Formula One. And I don't even watch Formula One anymore because I'm just at the point where like, what is the point of me? I can't, you know, how much time have I got to be watching this? It's great. And I used to love it, but like, it just, I've got no, you know, what am I doing? I'm a dad. I'm a, I've got a family. I've sat here for three hours watching millionaires drive, you know, it's just crazy. But if you imagine one weekend, Red Bull end up being, you know, a fifth of a second, the quickest than Mercedes or wherever it might be. There's people within those other teams that are sent down the pit lane to find out what they are doing. What are they doing? You know, their their wings, you know, an eighth of a mil smaller. Their downforce is, you know, fractionally, um, you know, more um, more poignant. And so that's what we then go back and do. We do that, you know. We know that China have been um, like a replica uh, culture of all time. You know, they take whatever it is. They take all of the, you know, classic designs, whether that's technological or in fashion or whatever it may be, and they, they create replica versions for much cheaper. You know, that's always been the case. And what they have done with the internet in weaponizing data and controlling and uh, predicting behavior conditioning behavior that's what has put them in the in the lead as well as obviously being the, you know having the basically the west in their in their pocket in the sense that they manufacture everything that we want <laughs> so they can just say yes or no and medicine being high on that list so obviously we're in that race and we 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 need to know what they're doing and what are they doing all their surveillance is 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 what they're doing the way they control the internet and their people and speech and thought so that is what we're doing. And it's dressed up in the colour of COVID. So, um, yeah, UK Column. Check them out. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays at one o'clock. And thereafter on their website. Okay. Um, this week we are on... Which what episode is it this week? Is it episode 64? It is. It's episode 64. So as I said, this was supposed to premiere as the all do on a Friday at 8 o'clock. It went out at 8 o'clock, but it didn't premiere because I totally forgot. Um, but Alex Peak from Scramble This UK. Scramble This UK um, is a new website Alex has put together. He is a Welsh lad, grew up in Snowdonia, um, was a climber. He's a power lifter. And in lockdown, got well into hiking, stroke scrambling. So a combination of, of, of the kind of climbing and the, and, the, and the hiking. And he has gone full on passionately and created scramblethis.uk. And it is a fantastic resource. He's remapped the Peak District and regraded, brought it all up to date with all the different grades for all the different scrambles. I think over 40 different scrambles. Um, and they're going around the country and sort of updating and upgrading and bringing scrambling to the fore. And it was really, really interesting Um I've, I've I've really liked his energy and his passion, and he's doing great work. He's wicked with the with the, all, the, the delivery of it, the graphic design, and everything. Um, we got into training because he's a hench lad. He's a dude. Um, we got into some cool training talk, and yeah, what a lovely guy. So um, yeah, we're going to go in with we're going to go in with Alex Peak from Scramble This. So music wise, as ever, um, yeah, I wanted to encapsulate the conversation, the energy, the moment, you know, um, uh, as I said, the whole idea of video and 
I don't know, sometimes just the audio, just paint, painting the picture yourself, you know, that, the silence of things. You know, when things are quiet, um, my wife said to me when I got in the bath early, she said, oh, do you want, do you want your speaker? You know, I said, no, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm just going to sit. She's like, well, you're not going to have music or a podcast or a UK column on in the bath. I was like, no, I just need some silence. Man. I just need to be with the silence and much like hiking, much like being out on them hills on your own, you know, when you look out. Or even when there's a couple of you, you know, often I've been out with Dave and we look out, we don't even speak for a couple of hours because there's no need. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play Depeche Mode. Enjoy the silence. So, without further ado, this is episode number 64 of the Chew the Chat podcast with Alex Peak from Scramble This UK. <laughs>
grateful for your time coming no, here today. No worries, mate. No I, worries. Actually, I actually heard you on um, Something to Talk About podcast. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. All right, cool. Good. The nice, bite-sized, kind of well-produced, straight to the point. Different to this one, we're kind of a long-form, more personal, we go into the sort of whys and what-fors. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really informative. Oh, good. So, um, welcome to Chew the Chat Podcast. Thank you for your time. I have no worries, mate. Appreciate it, especially yeah. after a shitty drive. <laughs> it's all right. Alex Peake from <laughs> Scramble This. Yeah, so I, as I mentioned, heard you on another podcast on Summit to Talk About and found it fascinating. I'm new to the outdoor kind of whole wild camping, walking, hiking, scrambling. Yeah. I say scrambling. I think I've done one kind of scramble i think it might have been is it is it you said in the peak somewhere boar boar clough wild boar clough wild boar clough i yep. think that's where i've done it okay i think um with a friend of mine on my second ever wild camp i've fallen in love with just getting outside yeah again listening to your podcast i know that you had a history of climbing and uh powerlifting which i'm interested to hear about as well yeah randomly yeah yeah, yeah. so Take us back a little bit then with the climbing and stuff and, you know, how did that get started? Yeah, so climbing, I mean, that was years and years ago. So um, a bunch of us, so we're from North Wales, so Wrexham, Chester area. Um, we loved climbing. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of, you know, everyone grows up, don't they? And I worked in London for quite a while and quite a lot of friends and stuff. So it kind of went by the wayside. And a big thing with especially with climbing is you know it's not a solo activity you do go out you know you're going out as a group or minimum in pairs um and then yeah unless you're in a climbing club or something like that then you know it kind of like oh you're phoning someone you can you go out climbing today oh, I don't know, i've got the kids or you know got to do the school run and you know all, all the stuff in, in life in, in life mate that's it that gets in the way <laughs> yeah. so yeah um lockdown kind of kicked in didn't it mm. and then it's been a massive upward trend since then. It's been insane, really. Um, okay. So I kind of got dragged into the hiking. Now that I'd never done in any great, you know, any great depth kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think, you know, from, especially from a mental health point of view, considering we're at the back end, well, it's the end of the, end of last week, mental health awareness. Um, you know, especially during that lock, you know, the lockdown period, it's been, it's been amazing for people to be able to get out and, you know, get mm. get into nature and stuff. Um, so, yeah, for me, inherently, I was going to look for something else that was a bit more adventurous than going for a walk, I suppose. Yeah. So it incorporates incorporates being outside and, and carrying that on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the for me, and I say this openly on the podcast um, because I believe it's my duty, I... I think the first time I went out camping and, and sort of really got into the idea of getting out, getting some gear, getting a good bag, learning that, oh yeah, a decent bag helps, you know, decent footwear helps, yeah. was the, actually when the lockdown kicked in initially, I just went out. I just had to go out. I was walking, as you say, with family and stuff. And then a friend of mine said, look, I'm going to go and have a camp. We're going to have a camp in the middle of nowhere. We're not going to bother anybody. I said, yeah, I'm up for it. And it was amazing. And I 
I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Fell in love with it the whole time. Like I said, I think the second time we went out, I think it was when we went to Wild Boar Clough. And waking up in the morning there, the clouds coming in, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I remember being halfway up there, sort of on our way up, and we were in the point where we were scrambling a bit. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I had, to, I had to get up rocks, and it was a, an eye-opener. It was an eye opener, but I've 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 kept that um, I've kept that going, and it's been yeah for my mental health, my family. Luckily, my wife. I took my wife out; she loves it. Yeah, took the kids to Wild Boar Clough actually a few months later, and we only got sort of so far up in the in the clough and camped kind of at the side of the water. Okay, which was amazing, and they were in the water in the cold water, which oh, was nice. great. But your website, as I've been studying, is amazing. By the way, oh thank you. Really, really, do you do that? Yeah, so that's yeah, that's all. It's all produced. It's amazing. Really informative. Can we can we pull that up, Aidan? Scram, <laughs> scramblethis.co.uk, I think it is. And, yeah. Really cool. Really informative. Really clean. And you're putting together, basically, packages now so you can take people out, which is what I want to get into. And you've been in the Peak District yourself. So, yeah, the Scramble of Peaks... Um, challenge I, I mean i can touch on that yeah a bit yeah let's do that so basically scramble the peaks came about because a lot a lot of people have got like you say they've got into the outdoors and they've heard of scrambling they might have heard of scrambling or they might have accidentally done a scramble you know they've gone up to um you know they might have gone to snowdonia and done crib or um striding edge on hell valley and or some of the other stuff in the lakes and the peak district's always massively overlooked with scrambling because it's not the lake district and it's not snowdonia um right <laughs> just just to, just to be clear about that but you know a lot of those areas with the the grade one i'll go on to the grades in a bit but with the grade one really beginner easy stuff to do you know they're very overpopulated routes um so you just don't get the kind of intimacy the peaks has got that because they're not chock-a-block with people all the time um so we were kind of forced in lockdown to do a lot of the peak district now i, I, I don't know if i've mentioned before so i'm i'm from i'm welsh so i'm mm -hmm. you know i love snowdonia always love snowdonia i've done quite a lot in the lakes as well um but yeah we were forced into the peaks just because of lockdown yeah so i ended up doing um there are there's guidebooks basically for scrambling, you know, varying degrees of how good they are. The Peaks one, there's only one real guidebook. It's not old, old, but it's it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I could do a better, uh, you know, a, an updated version of it. I wouldn't say better, an up, you know, an up, a, a yeah. up to date version of it. So I, over the course of lockdown, I did all forty of the greatest scrambles in the Peak District. Wow. Um, which is where this came from. So I've got a good friend on Instagram, Emily, um, her handles at Triggs and Teeth. She does a lot of um, trig bagging. Okay. Um, so she did, you know, get into the top of trigs, uh, getting all the trigs ticked off in various areas in the country. Um, and we kind of came up with this challenge together. So we were discussing, she was like, I want to do a new challenge. And I said, well, what we put this forward. But it's a lot of work because it's not like just going with a trig. There's a top of a hill. You take it off your list, you know, these scrambles, they can be dangerous mm. in certain areas, depending on the grade, you know. It's not as easy with, you know, a mountain generally, you'll have a, a nice distinct path to the top. The scrambles, you know, you can quite easily go on the wrong line. So you go into a rock wall, it could be small in front of you. You could be going up the wrong line, potentially go on to like a grade two or a grade three route, yeah. and then, you know, you're in trouble. So there was a lot more to do with it. So 
that's what I've been doing over the past few months is rewriting you know, or writing a new guidebook for the Peak District just for scram just for scrambling. Um, and that's it. So hashtag scramble the peaks. That's how that's kind of come about. Yeah. And the work you're putting in on the site, I mean, I've, as I'm reading through it and looking at it and obviously having listened to you on, on the other podcast, knowing, you know, I think you're doing, putting the book together, aren't you? As well. Yeah. So this will come out, this will come out in paperback format when it's, yeah. when it's finished. Cause that's some work. It's, it's an effort, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's an effort to <laughs> so just, you know, obviously I've been through and just, just those guides, you know, I, yeah. I've been, you know, how you get there and then each step along the way, which is, What's been lacking, really, particularly in this part of the country, is it's nice if you've got a guidebook in front of you, um, you know, whether you take a photo before you go out or whatever, it's to, you know, look at it logically. So you're going through a section or up a hill, you know, through a scramble and go, right, I've done number one, now I should be seeing this, and then I should see this, and I'm on to number two, then mm. number three, number four, and working out logically. That's where people start getting a bit flustered when they first go out doing this kind of thing. Of course, yeah. So you you did 40 of these yes there's 40 graded what were there were graded scrambles right. so i've been i've been through yeah i've been through all 40 you've had some fun then in, in lockdown yeah well that's <laughs> it mate yeah i mean we've had you know if, if you just go out on a day and make a you know um make a day of it and go right we're going to try and box off x amount in a day yeah you know some of them um dovestone reservoir that's a you know that's a real really popular walking route for people there's kind of six scrambles so yeah there's a channel clough on there so that's right next to those wilderness gullies and and dovestone reservoir there's kind of like six seven eight scrambles right right next to each other there. okay so you could go there and just do a lovely walk around dovestone and a little scramble or you could just go there for the day and just blitz the lot together mm. Mm. it's um it's really interesting and 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 knowing you know how much i mean they're meticulous aren't they they're meticulous you really heartfelt effort going into this as well and bringing it to people have you noticed then an uptick in people actually doing this during this time actually getting out there you know new newbies if you like like yeah. me <laughs> well you know especially the main the main walking routes yeah definitely um there's a lot of people and I, you know i've heard comments like that you know some snippy comments from some people who've been doing it quite a while like oh it's the covid it's the covid climbers and the covid right. walkers right, right. but you know, for me, that's mega the more people yeah. are doing this kind of thing, you know. Mm. And it's, but then on my part, it's giving people the right information to be able to, you know, you can get it. You can get it if, you know, if you look for it on the internet, but then you've got to purposely go and find this information, you know. And mm. most people won't purposely go and look, right, I need to know what I need to be safe with when I'm kind of going into these environments. Mm. This is why I've tried to package this up into one thing to go look. This is. And sorry, sorry, the safety you touched on there. That that's something that I I know from when I'm just going out on wild camps and we might be going to a certain place and I look at it and I think what you're saying there, like <clears throat> trying to collate together all the details and all of the necessaries for where I'm going to go and will I get it right and if I if I go on my own when I'm wild camping if you know if I end up in the wrong place, what's the safety element like for you guys and you know insurances and all of that side of things? Yeah, I mean, my advice to anybody going out, even if you're just hill walking, is. Um, the British Mountaineering Council, they do insurance. So if you're a member, 
um, you can get insured. Now, no, nothing to do with our activities, but just anyone who goes out, you know, take a look at that. Um, I'm not affiliated with them at all, but, you know, their insurance policy of being a member is mega, you know, so if yeah. you do have an accident, you know, we've all got jobs and stuff. Yeah. You know, if you if you have an accident, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there for cover for you and things like that. Mm. Um, and also it's a mega web resource for, you know, telling you about safety and that kind of thing as well. Mm. From a safety point of view, um, yeah, that one of the biggest things people underestimate going up into the hill is, uh, into the hills and mountains, and it's going to get worse in the next few months, is once it starts to brighten up a touch, um, people assume I can rock up there in flip-flops and shorts, uh. which is fine as long as you don't then have an accident because, you know, if you're going up above 500 metres, you know, the weather can turn like that on you. Mm. Then factor in you've got mountain rescue. By the time you get them to you, it could be three, four, five hours. You know, you just got to think, if I do have an incident here today, um, you know, it doesn't have to be deep, you know, just a little sense check before you're going out. If I do have an incident, um, am I happy what I'm wearing and potentially where I'm going to be stood or sat or lying? I'm going to be there three, four, five hours, you know, yeah. is what I'm wearing sufficient for that? Yeah. That's the dead simple check you can do before going out, basically. Got you. Have you ever had a situation then, Alex, when you've been out personally climbing or any in, out in the wilderness and been caught short? Had a difficult time. I mean, not not that's necessitated phoning mountain rescue. Mm. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. I suddenly, I suddenly have a podcast I've done. Um, you know, we, there's a group. You know, there's a group of us, good friends and stuff. You know, and, fa- and family. My partner's brother. You know, he's an experienced kind of mountaineer. We're all within a couple of hours of each other. We would probably phone one another if someone yeah. get on a sticky situation, unless it, unless it was light threatening. You know, I'd probably make a phone call to someone and go. I'm stuck here, mate, I need some help. Mm. And then they'd probably bail from wherever they are and come and help us out because they know that's, you know, they know we'd do it in, yeah, of course. You know, in, in that situation. But um, uh, I've heard you say as well, which I thought was wonderful, which is, you know, sometimes the most heroic thing to do if you do get caught short is to say, I'm, 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 that's beyond me or I'm, that's too much or not be a hero, basically. Yeah, so that, that turn back it, the ego and especially if you're going out there with friends and you know everyone's like oh i'm gonna get this done today it, you know it runs away from people sometimes and they'll be like oh i'm gonna have a go at that or you know i've seen this on instagram or i've seen this on youtube it looks easy i'm gonna nail this and then you know if there's any kind of inclement weather or you know conditions at site worsen the the best thing you can do is just turn around and go home that's mm. it there's no you know, you're potentially putting your life at risk, Mountain Rescue's life at risk, you know, anyone, you know, partners who are with you. Imagine if you have a fall and then one of your friends tries to help you and they also get in, in trouble, you know, that's the thing. So it's taking a um, a person, your personal responsibility for your own safety and then, you know, thinking about the other people around you, making sure their safety's okay as well. Mm. Cause, and that's it, it's having trust, which is inherently what you have to do if you're going out with people and doing stuff like this in the outdoors you've got to trust the people you're with because my god yeah yeah that's it which is why what you're doing is fantastic have have you found then in turning this into a kind of a business format a, a, a way of life is has there been difficult things to overcome to to think about things that you now have to consider that you didn't before i guess if you're responsible for people on days out and stuff like that 
Yeah, so, I mean, when I first, you know, because I've got public liability insurance, but when I first had to get that, so background, not going too much, I'm an engineer, so I, I deal a lot with kind of risk and stuff like that in, inherently in my day job. Um, but yeah, doing a risk assessment for an outdoor activity, you know, I thought I knew everything I needed to know about that, you know, bog standard stuff, when I'm going out somewhere, what's my escape plan going to be, What you know, all, mm -hmm. all, all the stuff you would just do as going out. But then when you look at a kind of a full risk assessment, um, yeah, it's weird stuff. Like it takes into account, what if someone's acting like a bit of a tit on the day? And <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and random stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. You've got rowdy guests yeah. or one of them Unsettling drunk. the, yeah, the, the, the group and That's stuff like it, that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, or, you know, people, uh, when people are in like heightened fear or something, or, you know, it's the fight or flight thing and people can get quite aggressive and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like taking into account all these really weird stuff yeah. that I'd never done. So I ended up with like a 28 page risk assessment document oh. just to, you know, yeah. to, you know, to satisfy the insurance company. Oh. Of course, stuff. but of it's course. good because some bits I've incorporated into my own kind of you know yeah my daily the safety plan before you go to mm. site, mm. which you know people go it's boring like well but. it is <laughs> but I mean as I've learned this year you know just being out I, I think I had a moment actually it was it was in it was when we were in the peaks at that at that particular clough there in Wild Boar Clough my friend who took me out he's fifteen years you know. He's not a scrambler, climber, hiker, but he's an outdoor guy. You know, he might disappear in the lakes for four days at a time, stuff like that. He'd forgotten his sunglasses when he was filling up his water at like the last bit of water on the way up there. And he okay. sort of left me. He says, right, I'll go and get my sunglasses. You wait here. And I was sat up there and I thought, God. And I, this was my, I, I only had a pair of trainers on. I had a pair of like Nike Air Max trainers on. Because um, I, again, it was my first time, didn't really know what I was doing. And I remember thinking, God, these are a bit rickety up here you know they're like there's an air bubble in the back that's just really weak <laughs> and like my ankle and I, I was thinking god if, if i did turn my ankle off if something happened up here you know i'm quite a way out i think yeah that boring thing that you mentioned you, there's a lot to learn when you're out there like this the expanse of being out there and some of your pictures and instagram and the places you're going you recently been back in wales i think yeah this yeah yeah for just friday phenomenal yeah. amazing but that reality i guess in a picture it doesn't hit you until you're really there. The beauty and also the, the possibility that you, you could be, you know, on your own in a si sticky situation. That, that, that's yeah. enormous. Yeah, I mean, just those environments, they're, they're awe-inspiring, aren't they? Yeah. Um, a, a, a good example I've given a few times is we were, um, we're, we're, when we were doing these guides, we'd done, so in the peak just, it was only, there's only really two places that are kind of, grade two plus level so you'd say i would say i wouldn't touch them without ropes really um which is a lot of people have been there kinder downfall so you wouldn't have been far from it by wild Boar clough but basically it's one of the only i think it's one of the only um waterfalls that blows back on itself right so it looks like it's a plume of um smoke basically coming from the waterfall it's amazing if you stood at if you're sort of the edge so it's near kinder scout which was the highest peak in the yeah. peaks um you're stood by the downfall and it's amazing because it's just a massive like kind of ravine theatre and it's stunning. But when you're at the bottom, it looks even more amazing. It's absolute, but you feel so small in that environment mm. because not a lot of people actually venture into the bottom of the thing. Everyone walks around the top, they do the walk yeah. to Kinder Scout, they yeah. get, you know, they get a photo by the trig and that's it. But when you're in the bottom, um, and there was some chapper and he was he was wearing a pair of like just a pair of trainers, tracky bottoms, um, we were fully geared up, like, I mean, I wouldn't have been going there, but all my gear. 
And he was about to do the downfall, um, which is the main kind of scramble up the middle, straight up the waterfall. So there's a little cave under it, and then you kind of go up and then over the top of the waterfall. Now, we'd planned to do all three. There's three scrambles there, one on either side of the actual um, ravine, and then one bang in the middle of the downfall. And we sacked it off. And we had gear. Uh, yeah, I think we had enough gear with us. We, we probably may have done it safely, but it was we may have been able to. Not okay. 100%. Um, we had a rope with some of the bits and pieces, but I looked at it and I was like, the water flow over that, you know, for us today. So we had a conversation between ourselves and it was, <coughs> no, I'm not going to do it today, which is annoying because it's a massive hike to get back into that ravine. That's so, interesting though, that you're disciplined enough, you know, and sensible and obviously, you know, well considered to say, you know, it's not the day. Did the other guy go for it? Yeah, there was two, I think there was two of us out on that day. Um, and the rule between us is if one person says it's too sketchy, it doesn't happen. Right. And that's it. You, and no one's going to get ripped for it after. No one's yeah. going to go, yeah, we could have done that maybe. You know, that's it. That The decision's done and then mm. it's kind of boxed off. Mm. But that's the thing coming back to trust again with, you know, your partners or your climbing partner or the people you're out scrambling with is that, you know, you should never push someone to the point where, because mm. that's when you can start losing trust with people. And, you know, if someone says... In climbing, it's a it's a term used quite a lot. It's called sketching out. So if you're like, nah, don't like it. If someone sketched out on it, you don't go any further. That's, That's it. Cool. You're That's done. Cool. Um, and if someone pushes you to go further, probably not the person you should be climbing with. Right. That's but you may you may want to get back and then reassess how much you're going to go climb with them again. We could do with some of that mentality in like the everyday world. Can't I know. We? Yeah. We'll treat each other with a bit more. <laughs> Fair respect. That's it. I mean, you know, if if you're being put in a kind of high pressure, some of these um, some of these situations, you know, they can be quite scary. Mm. Randomly, I'm not a massive fan of heights. That is random. Yeah, because I've seen pictures of you in some insane places. <laughs> insane places. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of heights. To be honest, I'm not like petrified of it. But what is it then? I mean, we'll get to the grading in a moment and sort of give give people a bit of a you know a uh, quick breeze through what what we're saying scrambling is, but. What is it for you then, other than being outside and all that, you know, in the moment of doing scrambling, what is it that, that exhilarates you? I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, just being out in nature. Also, the thing with the scrambles, you don't tend to get as many people there. So like I said, you know, Hell Valley and Crib Gork, you know, it's, it's always rammed, yeah. you know, snowed down in the lakes. They're really, you know, the favourite spots. And don't knock anyone for doing those. The mega, they are amazing. When you're on top of that on those ridge lines, they're stunning. Um, and I completely see why everyone does those. But then these other places, you know, you're far less likely to come into contact with people as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, you do feel it's like a beautiful kind of isolation in that respect. And when you're climbing or scrambling or you know even walking in those areas, you know, you do feel. Your mind's off everything else. Yeah, that's it. Because you know, even with scrambling, even at the lower grades, you know, you're still working out where I'm going to put my hands, where I'm going to put my feet. You kind of 100% in the activity. And if you're not, that's when things can get yeah. a bit sketchy. But so generally, you will be concentrating on what you're doing, and your just mind just turns off to all the kind of daily stuff that's always mm. going on. You know, and mm. so that, that's that's a meditation almost, isn't it? Really, it is. It is you yeah, know, concentrated meditation. Like you say, you're in the moment. I've, I found that myself, even just with walking. But again, I keep coming back to my wild borks, but it's, I guess it's my only real experience. But I remember following David up there and following his feet and 
and really thinking, God, you know, I was in a zone. I was in a real kind of like, I was there, you know, like well, a bag on my back, kind of, it was a new terrain for me anyway, just being out, having a bag on, you know, just the whole idea. I think I've heard you say yourself, you weren't really into hiking, you know, like yeah, the no. idea of you going, I'm going to the shop. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, and then you're out hiking. I, f I really felt, yeah, in the, in the moment. So for people listening and watching at home, so scrambling in grades, as I understand it, sort of one, two, three, and three plus. Yep. And yeah, give us, give us a bit of a, a rundown on, on how that works. So basically, um, you know, you've got you've got walking, you've got hill walking, and the various kind of apps you've got, all trails and, you know, all the other stuff, they'll kind of give you a difficulty, won't they? So you've got, like, easy, moderate, hard, you know. You know, if you're talking, like, a, a walk around the country park, it's going to be a nice, easy walk. If you're going up to Snowdon, it's going to be down to a hard walk. Climbing, on the other end of the spectrum, very defined with the grading system um you know it's internationally recognized all countries have the kind of different you know but they all kind of tally into one system scrambling is a bit of an ad hoc affair um and also it's you know climbing once something's submitted as a climbing route it'll be submitted by somebody whoever's opened the route generally so the first person to do it will probably submit it and mm. then um it'll be given its grading and then it's the grading's checked and after a certain period of time it's verified that's its grade scrambling is completely um you know ad hoc someone's attributed these grades these scrambles over a period of time but they're not kind of they're not registered yeah, um, or regulated. That's it. In the same in the same sense that climbing is, so it's very very much open to kind of um, you know personal opinion on it. So with the Peak District one, well, just going back to that before I go through the grades, I've regraded the Peak District based on my knowledge of kind of you know the lakes and Snowdonia. I haven't really done much scrambling in Scotland, to be perfectly honest, but from you know. My, my expertise i've regraded the peaks um for the hashtag scramble the peaks challenge and i've been very clear in there you know which ones you shouldn't be touching without a rope um yeah and what level of ability you probably need before you can do the certain scrambles so i tried to make it as accessible to everyone really just you know giving really basic language of if you're you know if you complete hill walks on a regular basis then you're okay to do this pretty much yeah um so going back to that, so grade one bog standard um but then there's a massive variety in grade one so crib gorch in snowdonia is a grade one striding edge helvellyn is a grade one um compared to some of the grade ones in the peak district they feel far more sketchy than some of the peak district ones right, okay so the point with that is helvellyn um striding edge and crib gorch they're not from a technical point of view, they're not very hard to do. Um, it's quite wide. There's not a lot of climbing to be done there. They're very well-defined routes. They've got really easy handholds and footholds. So it's within most people's gift to do those. It's quite simple. The, the thing with that is people think they're worse because... You know, you've got a massive drop either side. That's and that's why they, yeah. they feel so yeah. much, you know, they feel much more than a grade one. But technically they're not. You know, you you know, you can you've got quite a bit of play there where you're not gonna fall off and die. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah. But going back to that, so there, you know, there's a big kind of there's a big sphere within grade one of what you would say. And then you get on to kind of so grade ones, if you can manage a good hill walk, say eight to ten K few hundred meter climbing 
you're more than you know you can easily do a grade one scramble yeah that's my um that's my view on it and i would say the majority of people who do scramble would say that so what um, what would wild boar clough come falling so that is it's a grade two slash three by the old guide book um it's absolutely not a two slash three you know i was on milestone buttress on trovan last friday um that's a grade three that's a grade three yeah you're hanging off yeah there's areas there where you've got to climb around the nose um in essence you there's no footholds and you're literally you've got handholds to get you around it Wow. And then pull yourself up. So mm. yeah, I was rope. You know, obviously I was roped up for that. But that's a grade three. That and that's why I've regraded this stuff in the peaks because yeah. it's not a true reflection. You know, you can look at that and go grade three. Wild boar cliff, you don't need ropes. Mm. Um, you know, you just need to be. There, there's nothing particularly hard either. There's good handholds. There's good footholds. But I think I've reclassified that as a grade two. Um, right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, if someone hasn't done any scrambling before, or I mean, you went with a friend. If you, you know, if you were just going out there, a couple of mates or, you know, family, you got friends, jumping straight on that's probably a bit much, was definitely a bit much, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've done it in kind of colour-coded grade order for hashtag Scramble of Peaks, so then people can just go through, get a load of the ones under the belt, yep. then start looking at the twos and then progressing from there, basically. Mm. And when you're getting into, so ropes are getting involved, <laughs> what, in, in sort of the thick end of the twos? No, yeah, so not in the peaks, um, <clears throat> but certainly, yeah, Lake District, um, Snowdonia, you know, when you're looking at kind of, you know, and some guidebooks break them down into plus or minus as well. Right. So, you know, each guidebook will say as well, they may say in the write-up, you may need a rope for this particular portion of the scramble. Um, I mean, we did the East Ridge of Agan in the Ogwin Valley a few weeks ago, Um yeah, and even for us, so we didn't use any protection, no ropes. It's a grade two, um, but that's bang on the limit for what we would do without rope protection. Um, but the peaks, yeah, there's quite a few twos there. I wouldn't You don't need ropes. I wouldn't say you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've regraded everything in this guide with two plus. So if it's a two plus, it needs ropes, basically. Okay. Um, and I think there's only five in the whole peak district that... Right. I would say necessitate that kind of level of protection. Okay. So, okay. But I've, you've you've talked really highly about the Peak District when I've heard mm. you talking. You're not really, you know, because I think we all, like you say, we all think Lake District, Snowdonia, Wales, Scotland, even. But yeah, it, we're only an hour from the peaks, and it's it's really really nice. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's a really central location for yeah. Mm, you know, if you're going to Derby side or Nottingham, and then. <clears throat> For us in Cheshire, and you got the whole of Manchester. You know, it's it, yeah. it's really close for that. So, just because they don't look deftifying doesn't mean they're not worthwhile to kind of go and do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can see that. Look how many how many scrambles there. We've got Grade One. You know, there's so much, and mm-hmm. I know because obviously I've been through all of them. They're absolutely stunning. So most of the photos I take, you know, if I put them on Instagram, the main photo I'll take is from the top of the scramble generally, right. yeah. with the photo looking back where I've come from. Um, and you'll be lucky in someone to see a person all day. And, yeah. you know, just that feeling of once you've got to the top, um, looking back out on where you've come from, it's an absolutely amazing feeling. Isn't it a strange thing, though, Alex, when, you know, because scrambling to me kind of feels like, is is there a central body? Is there any kind of regulating body like there would be for climbing or anything like that? No, so, no, that's... It's like, it kind of feels like a, like a new phenomenon to me, but then I'm... It's it random, it's very old, right? So, um, 
Yeah, some of the, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a geek with this stuff, so I've got some, like, proper old scrambling guidebooks. And the level of detail in them is amazing because they're all hand-drawn, kind of, you mm. know, now it'll be a photo with, you know... Uh, GPS and stuff like su- that. Superimposed line over the top showing what line you're supposed to take at sight. The old ones are, um, you know, and this is stuff from, like, the 70s and that. They're, they're hand-drawn pictures of the crag or the mountain or the route and then, you know, little lines going up and they're absolutely amazing. So. Right. It's always it's always been there. It's just yeah, never, yeah. you know, it's never been massively adopted. I suppose in yeah. that respect, that you'd be surprised. There are more people. There are more people than you'd think out there doing scrambling. It's amazing because, like what humans do, it's we we kind of you've said it yourself. You know, the COVID walkers or whatever. You know, we kind of want the magic for ourselves often, but then we want to share it. But then it gets shared to the point where we're like, <laughs> fucking hell, there's loads of people here cracking me up. Where can we go that's quiet? It's that weird popularising something for the, all the right intentions and for good reason. And then sometimes it can be diluted. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I know there's been a lot of talk with wild camping lately where I think lots of campers who aren't necessarily well versed in Leave No Trace and yep. stuff like that. There's been wildfires and lots of rubbish and landowners sort of crunching down on it a bit. Which of course, yeah. I think it's just a lack of education. It's not really people are bad. They just don't really understand, you know, the simple, the simple nature of looking after nature. Yeah. So have you gotten to take people out yet then? We've obviously all the lockdown and everything and you guys, have, how long has it been since you've actually put this together and sort of put yourself in position to be able to take people out on these, these scrambles? Well, this, so hashtag scramble of peaks launched, um, two weeks ago now. Um, Is it all? Yeah. Two weeks, two weeks ago, right. this launch. So I'm, the I didn't want to wait for the paperback because it's starting to get good weather now. So um, there's I think there's 17 guides out of the 40, and they're on they're available on the website. And there's there's enough in grade one, two, and two plus for people to get out and have a good run mm. of this stuff, you know. And people are, you know, I've had quite a lot of stuff on Instagram come through, so they've been tagging mm. using the uh, hashtag Scramble the Peaks hashtag to post stuff, and you know people have been getting out there. But you know the past few weeks have been quite poor weather. Um, and a bit, you know, I'm very conscious to tell people, especially the peaks, because um, the majority of the scrambles are in cloughs, the bodies of water. Yeah. Um, so that's another fast, major yeah. factor. To, you know, and going back to the grades, that's that's one of the biggest things really in the grading system is, on paper, it may say it's a grade one, but if you get there and there's a lot of water there, potentially it's moved itself into a grade two. So it's completely weather dependent as well. Got you. And you'll have grade twos, which you'll think absolutely fine. Um, you know, it may not be a body of water. It may just be that the rock's slippy. That may then necessitate you needing ropes because the potential, you know, you've got risk, you know, you, the, the inherent risk and the probability of something happening. Um, you know, it goes up exponentially as soon as it gets wet mm. and completely depends on the type of rock you're on as well. The peaks isn't too bad. It's grit stone. It's really, um, it's really grippy. It's you know, it's good rock. Um, so that it, you're kind of fine in the peaks for for rock, getting your hands on it and stuff. Um, but yeah, that that can knock some grade twos into a grade three, for example. You know, and you may need ropes and stuff then. So mm. that comes with experience. You can't really teach a lot of that. You know, people have to get out, do the grade ones, and maybe get to a bit and go, feels a bit sketchy. This, yeah, don't know about this. Yeah, and then you know they've made the mental note then of i went there then there was this much water i didn't like it so the next time you'll remember to do that on you know when you go back out mm-hmm. yeah it's fascinating I so wanna, we i want to get out on one we, we took um 
so one of my yeah my friend off Instagram Triggs and Teeth. Um, me and Emily went out with a couple of other people to do the Wild Boar Clough. So that's um, that's one of our uh, courses, basically. So it's, so it's a day course going at Wild Boar Clough, which is like grade two. Um, you know, teaching everybody the basics of scrambling, pretty much, and then um, coming back down uh, another clough with an optional little grade two tagged on the end, so tall side oh, gully. Cool. Um, so yeah, we went out. It was the worst I've ever seen that that scramble worst condition i've ever seen it in typically um, yeah <laughs> absolutely shocking so we got to the base of the scramble there's four big obstacles on wellbore clough um and one of the obstacles i've never seen this uh it's a big kind of stone it's a slab you've got to kind of just like throw yourself over or mm-hmm. slip up basically um that was completely covered in water it was like a second gully i've never seen that before either right. so i've you know going into very geek mode of scrambling like i mean you know i've made notes of you know the importance of weather um you know what conditions have been like every time i've been out to stuff like this i'll make a note of what the weather's been like the preceding few days what it was like on the day so then i've got you know if i need to go look predict what the weather's gonna be like in the future i know well it rained on day one there was nothing on day two i got there day three it made a light rain in the morning this is what the weather conditions are like um so it had two previous dry days on there before we went out and we got there and it had been it had been torrential since the morning but me knowing the area I thought it's fine because i know that body water can take x amount of water it hasn't been raining for the few days before even though it's going to be it's going to be raining when we're going up but that can be good maybe you know ideally you want to do it in nice sunshine and it's like oh lovely everything's perfect but if, yeah. but if you learn this stuff in like adverse weather conditions um you know, you're bulletproof with that. If you've yeah. been out in the most horrendous rain and the wind's coming at you sideways, especially in a clough, mm. um, you know, it, it. you learn. You know, I, I, mm. I think it's far better. It's like trial by fire, really. Mm. But, yes, yeah, so we were out um, and we got to the bottom of the scramble and I had to call it straight away because I was like, we can't go up there today, I'm afraid. To, you know, it's not safe. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, uh, we've had to reschedule for the next couple of weeks for that one. But. So, so how often are you guys going to be going out then? Is this going to be like every week? I know you mentioned, you know, there's a few of you involved. Is, you've got day jobs and stuff like that. So this you're building this kind of from the grassroots up as well, aren't you? So. That's it, yeah. So we've got, we've got um, basic scrambling in the Peak District. So... That's like I say, covering the Wild Boar Clough route. Um, that's that's sold out. The next one, there's one I've put another date on there for that, um, and then Truvan, which I've classed as Scrambling Plus. So Truvan, um, it's my favourite mountain in, in Snowdonia. I mean, everyone loves going up Snowdon. Um, I'd much prefer to knock around the valley, around the Ogwen Valley, it's around there. Mega Scrambling Paradise, around it looks there. Looks beautiful. I've seen some pictures recently. It, yeah. It's it's stunning, and there's enough variety there where you can kind of cut your teeth. There's enough grade ones that it's okay. Um, the problem with Truvan is it's a grade one again, so same as you know Cribgore, Helvellyn. Um, it's really hard to navigate, and you know over the years there have been a lot of deaths on Truvan. Um, really yeah you know and it's mainly people taking a wrong turn so it's really hard to navigate and you know even i when i go up there i have to give it a really good look of where i'm going every single time even Um, even now all these years in and it just goes to show doesn't it so i was i I was there i was there on friday and we were just doing the milestone buttress which is just a big rock buttress just at the bottom of the north face um so we didn't go up on the North Ridge, but the, one of the chaps was there with, you know, he's been up there 
hundreds of times. And there's there's an iconic stone on it. I don't know if you've seen it called the Cannon Stone. I think I have, yeah. And everyone gets a nice little photo yeah. sitting on the end of it. Um, he's been up a hundred times. He regularly misses the stone. It's just, it's so odd to kind of mm. navigate because everything looks the same. It's really dodgy. So, you know, going up there on your own. Then again, I've seen lots of people who've gone up there on their own. They're fine. You know, it's, mm. you know, people don't die every week there, the point. But mm. you can quite easily go down a blind alley and end up on the east face or the west face. And, you know, you're talking sheer drops, like hundreds of feet. So it's just being very mindful of your, mm. you know, even when you're there, just not rushing through what you're doing. Just, you know, take it nice and slow. Um, pick mm. your line, try and be aware of what's coming up next in front of you. Mm. But yeah, Trovan is amazing. It's my it's my favourite mountain. I'm um, I'm coming to <coughs> Wales. I'm doing a one of these rat race things, um, man versus mountain in okay. September. Cool. Never done anything like this before. Wow. I just trained with some guys in the village who one of them said, oh, there's this thing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I put my name down and then he sent me a link. <laughs> and it's like... 22 miles, I think something like 5,000 feet or something. Wow. And I looked at it and I followed the video and I thought, right, okay, I turned 40 this year. Okay. So I thought, okay, that's something cool to aim at, you know, tick over with the training and stuff. And then I've been watching more and more of these videos and thinking, God, what have I signed up for? But I've never been, I've never actually been to Wales in that capacity. Okay. I stayed down there for one Christmas um, in South Wales one time, just in a little uh, cabin. But I've never actually been out and about and, and um, discovered it and had an adventure, so I'll be doing that later this year. Nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the whole of Snowdonia is beautiful. All, you know, all the places. We tend to stay that side of Snowdonia. In the, the, it's called the Ogwen Valley, so you've got kind of, you've got Trovan, um, the Carnevis, which are across the road um, from there, Agan, um, which is where we did the East Ridge Scramble the other day, uh, Glidervach, Glidervaur, um, and then a few kind of ridges that take you up and down there. Mm. So, you know, this is grade one as well. So you've got Bristley Ridge. You can make a day of it. You go across Trovan and then up Bristley Ridge. And one of the lines up, it's called Sinister Gully. Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds so sketchy, doesn't it? But um, yeah. it's a grade one, yeah. But again, though, so like that, I wouldn't recommend someone to just go and do it. Right. Um, you know, that, mm. I would recommend you get. And that's why the Peaks is ace, because you can just go out there. You're not going to run into many people. Go mm -hmm. cut your teeth on all the grade ones, mm -hmm. and then you'll be far better prepared for this stuff in kind of the lakes or Snowdonia. You know, it's you know, it's nothing to sniff at a grade one. You know, no, it's a cracking day out not. at the end of the day. Uh, well, and what kind of kit would you advise that someone takes with them? I know, you know, you've stated before, and I think on the website, you know, basically your basic hiking gear. Um, but is there any any sort of tips and hints for bits of kit that you think are you know well worth investing in if you take a fancy to what you're doing? Um, I mean, if you're going to do, if you're going to do scrambling a lot, um, yeah, a pair of approach shoes. Um, and I say that cause you can use them as hiking shoes as well. Yeah. They're really comfortable. I randomly, I've got a pair on, I just yeah. knock about in these now, to yeah. be honest. They're cool, aren't um, they as well? They're, they're, yeah. they're comfortable. These are mega. So like instead of a pair of trainers, but yeah. yeah so that basically, I mean, if I got stuck on a mountain in a pair of these, um, I'd be happy. I'd be fine. With it. What, is, like what, is it, what is the ergonomic then? What is what's happening with the design of a, an approach shoe? It's, it's yeah. So you've got the front there. You've got kind of the toe box, yeah. um, which is exactly the same as a climbing shoe, and then it's got a climbing zone underneath there, um, and then the sides. It's called the rand. So this you can edge on it, so you can stick to the rock. Ah. Um, so yeah, I mean there. 
I'd go up most, most grade for Well, I'd go up all grade threes and these, to be honest, if I had to. I wouldn't necessarily wear climbing shoes to isn't do. It, isn't it interesting how, you know, design of, of stuff like that is, can help the safety of what you're doing? Oh, it's insane. So, like, these, they've got, like, a Vibram... Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I've got no association with Last Sports either. Um, they've got a Vibram ultra sticky sole. So as soon as you're on that rock, mm-hmm. it's mega sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, they're not necessary. You know, the, you know they're like £100, these shoes. You don't mm-hmm. need to spend that much. You can get cheaper approach shoes as well. Mm-hmm. It's wor- It's certainly worth, um, if you're going to buy a, you know, you're thinking of spending 70 quid on a pair of hiking shoes or something, definitely have a look at a pair of approach shoes because, mm-hmm. you know, you can... I would happily wear these for like a 15k walk, walk in the hills or whatever. Yeah. I just wear these all the time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, you, you can combine them. You don't, you know, you can have one shoe that does things really well. I mean, I'll probably just wear these and then throw my climbing shoes in a bag, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, more as a kind of get out of jail free card, to mm-hmm. be honest, which sounds ridiculous. But if I did get stuck on, say, a grade three or something, yeah. and I needed to like down climb or do something. I've always got my climbing shoes in my bag, so it's like I can always just throw them on. And makes yeah. sense. And I see on the website you you did. I think one of the recent blogs <coughs> was about shoes, which were the best approach shoes, or what you know, top ten shoes. Yeah, that was really interesting. That's why I started reading about it. I actually think, I think I might have, I bought some um, from Go Outdoors, like probably most first first time outdoor people. Um, mammoth mammoth things they're like a hiking shoe but as i was reading about the approaches i thought oh these are like a little crossbreed i think i've got you know the sticky sole and stuff yeah um but i love wearing them i find myself wearing <laughs> them around at the weekends and stuff you do mate i just i, I just look like an outdoorsy person like knocking around them so has it always been the case alex for you in that way have you always been you know no well no not no not really i mean like i say i, I do i do still i train quite a lot so like for for sport i mean i do I do still like to maintain um, doing a bit of powerlifting and stuff in the gym. That was so what what took you into powerlifting then? Did you do any competition powerlifting or just literally just... A couple, yeah, a couple of amateur comps a, a few years ago, yeah. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I love deadlifting. That's that's my main thing. Okay. Um, but it's really interesting, this outdoor stuff, because I'm working on this little side project. I'm not kind of... It's not coming out yet, but um, kind of functional fitness. So okay. it's basically looking at... Functional fitness basically means... Putting something together so, you know, your training represents all the stuff you're doing. So for me, power, you know, I wouldn't, with doing the outdoor stuff now, there's no way I could do any powerlifting competitions or anything because you have to be 100% dedicated to doing those specific exercises, you know, and yeah. you're talking pyramids and you're looking at 12 weekly plans and all that mm. stuff. But I still want to be able to do a little bit of that, you know. Um, so it's pulling together a fitness program that allows you to do the, you know, get to the level you want in whatever discipline you're doing. So for me, it's like climbing. I do enjoy climbing, but then, you know, a lot of people get really obsessed with the numbers. They're like, I want to do this higher grade route. You know, right. you'll see, you'll, yeah. if you see it on Instagram, they'll be like, I want to send this route. Um, you know, people start getting really transfixed on, you know, I, I want to do, I want to do a 6B or I want to do a 7A. I've done that now. I've got to there. I'm not asked about that stuff, to be perfectly honest. You know, mm-hmm. I'm quite, I lo- I'm quite happy scrambling. I love scrambling. I do like trad climbing. So basically, trad climbing, that's what you do on a, on a, on a grade three scramble if you're putting protection out. Basically, the two of you are at the bottom, um, and then one of you's putting protection in and climbing first. So you're leading the route. Okay. So then you'll get to the top, um, set up a belay. So basically, you're you're attaching rope to something safe at the top, and then the other person's coming up, and you're 
bringing them up from the top while they're coming up they're taking out the interim protection you've put so basically the leader is just putting little bits of interim protection in so if he or she does have a fall hopefully yeah. they're not going to go too far um, God, the trust thing that you talk of then is yeah there's experience and trust and commitment and yeah. it's all there isn't it You've you've got you know you've got to have it's implicit the trust you have to have with the mm. the person you're climbing with. Do you, you climb know? with your partner? Do you say your partner's part of this? No, she no no not climbing. She no. scrambles though. She come we, oh. we we do bits and pieces. Well, so. Same thing really in yeah, the end, yeah, isn't it? You know you you know when you start talking about trust and sort of having that that um that energy and that relaxed kind of trust that's yeah. silent in the back. You know <laughs> the one the one thing she says to me all the time because I'll go you know you mentioned it before you said. Um, about watching where you put your feet mm. so i'll regularly go just follow my feet and she'll go your footsteps are twice as big as mine i can't follow them can i so i'll just like hop across a little stream mm. and she'll be like <laughs> what am i supposed to do now and i'm just I'll follow where i went believe believe <laughs> so with you being a bigger lad with the lifting and stuff um does that have you found that helps hinders you so there's, I mean, like at the moment, I think I'm sat at like 100 key. Right. Um, you know, if I wanted to go back properly into the climbing and start like getting up the grades, um, you're you're looking at you doing like specific climbing, climbing training basically in the week. You know, you'd have to massively amend the the basically the whole exercise program you do um, because mm. doing isolation movements for climbing is really bad. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you want to, you know, and without beating about the bush, if you want a certain physique or you want to look a certain way aesthetically, um, you know, and you want to get really good at climbing, it's probably it not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing you got, you know, you've got to weigh up what exactly you want from the whole of, you know, all of your activities and what's the most important thing to you and then go from there, really. That's what's interesting when you mention functional strength. Um, as I've gotten older and had children and a family and a business and all of the life stuff that happens while you're busy making other plans i found trying to keep fitness moving and trying to be um you know once upon a time dedicated to football or to boxing or to whatever it was to then sort of just now i just need to be healthy and stay in some kind of shape as i get older and maintain my longevity trying to apply things that um that are functional i found um really interesting as, as as i kind of refine it as i get older so i've gone through all sorts like um crossfit to um circuit stuff um obviously running cycling and i'm at a point now where i incorporate sort of a bit of everything calisthenic stuff um running the cycling kettlebells just stuff i can do at home like in between you know not having to get off to a gym or be a certain place yeah when i actually first did a few quite sizable hikes you know um we went up to red tarns um red tarn up in i think it's on the kind of north yorkshire lake yeah. kind of border there about a four hour hike up about 800 meters um guys fucked and i really thought <laughs> when we were going up there i thought i'm running like a couple of times a week I'm, I'm training three or four times a week you know quite functional i'm on the move i build in the day i thought yeah I'm, i'll be all right with this there was times when I was following Dave's feet and watching him and he's just going and going and going. I said, Jesus Christ, this, I am feeling this. This is a different kind of um, work and fitness. And what I felt also quite interesting about it was for all of our kit and our kettlebells and our bands and all of the stuff that we buy to, you know, beat the, the clock or whatever, there's something about like treading your feet on the earth 
isn't there? And sort of kind of being connected to the earth and all the things you mentioned earlier about being in nature and the vast expanse and the kind of the beauty and the, the, the potential terror. There's something about that kind of fitness, that kind of uh, work that's, I don't think you beat it. That's what it felt like to me. It's hard. This is the thing. It's hard to mimic in any activity you do, you know, outdoor activities or in, you know, in the gym or whatever. It's hard to mimic something with something else. So it's like you said, then you're going on a hike. And if you're doing, you know, a few hundred meters climbing in that hike, the only thing you're going to have that's remotely comparable to that in a gym is probably the stepper. Right. So, sorry, the, yeah. the, the stairmaster. Yeah. yeah. Now think a stairmaster, you're on that for 10 minutes, you're smoked. Those mm. things are brutal. Mm. That's the only thing you've got that's remotely comparable to going mm. up on a hike, really. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's the same with, say, climbing. I mean, I incorporated quite a long time ago. Um, I, I knew if I was going to get more kind of functional fitness out of my regime, so it was going to make my outdoor activities easier, I'd have to start incorporating more body weight stuff in there. So... It was like, well, I need to drop some weight to allow me to do the body weight stuff because I'm never going to be able to lift my own mass. What um, would you have been then at your heaviest? Probably about 105 key, right. probably. Um, yeah. So I've only dropped like... So you're not far off then, yeah. No, maybe you're 98. So I'm probably about, probably about 98 at the moment. Um, like, I know it would be significantly easier for me if I was at 90 key. Right. Um but I, I don't, you know, it's all, it's all what people feel comfortable with. Yeah, isn't it? I, I mean, mean, if you're not struggling when you're out doing what you're doing, then it's working, isn't it? I mean, some bits, like Friday, the last time, you know, going over that milestone buttress bit, and it's in one of my latest videos, you can't really see it much, but basically you've got a kind of spiked rock like that, the rope's behind it, which is a bit of protection, and that's just a sheer face. So you haven't really got anywhere to put your feet on that side. You've just got to bang both your hands on here wow. and then kind of pull yourself up and then you're over it. Um, a lot of people will be proper sketched out on it. I'm fine with it because you know it's it's all right. Mm. But I felt it Friday because I was like, and I knew, and, and straight away as soon as I lifted it, I thought it's fine because I can get up. But I thought if I was a good five kilo lighter, that would have been a piece of piss. Right. Um, Got you. But that's what you know. That's the toss up. Like I say, with functional fitness, it's mm. like you know you want to do certain things in your life. Do I want to go do higher graded climbing? No, like I'm happy doing the scrambling, doing a little bit of trad climbing as well. Um, you know, because there's loads of amazing, not particularly hard trad climbing routes around that area in Snowdonia, Snowdonia as well. But it that it may be a natural progression. What I'm what I try to get across to people is scrambling isn't like a lower graded version of climbing. It's a completely different thing. Um, mm. It just so happens when you're scrambling, you may need to borrow some of the principles from climbing yeah. to get the scrambles done. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. And it's the same, you know, with hill walking. It's not hill walking. It's, you know, you're using your feet, but mm. you're using your feet and your hands to move over rough terrain. That's mm. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pe some people like climbers look at it and go, oh, scrambling. Mm. It's a bit of a low effort climbing it. And it's like, no, nah, it's a completely different skill set. Yeah, this is what I'm starting to get my head around is, you know, and obviously I don't know a lot about any of this stuff. I'm a year into it, although I fall in love with being outside and exploring all of these different ideas. Scrambling just seems, it seems uh, attainable. But the more I'm learning, it's like there's a hell of a lot of respect that's got to be shown and, and knowledge. And I think this comes with, this is what I notice, you know, when I do end up in the peaks or the lakes, Everybody I see, whether it's guys unloading boats to get out on the lakes or whether it's ramblers or cyclists or road cyclists or mountain bikers, there's a certain level of commitment that just seems to be in the air yeah. to whatever the task is that people are taking on. 
you know, even with the campers alone, leaving no trace and, and the whole deal. I, I really do like that about it. And with the scrambling, I'm, 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 um, I'm really interested. In fact, Dave, my friend who takes me out, he did say to me, he says, you know, if you fancy it, we could maybe incorporate a bit of a scramble. We go up to the lakes and I think you might be ready for it, you know. It's like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be well up for it. And especially now, now I'm sort of learning more and more about it. But coming back to your sort of fitness regime. So what do you do now then in terms of your general fitness? How do you work it? What's involved in your fitness? Yeah, I mean, I used to do like a four, five day split, basically, um, and incorporate some cardio into it. Um, I've kind of dipped that down to three four days probably three days to be honest um, i don't know where you're finding any time alex you're just doing the yeah same i mean much. the thing is if if you do i mean a lot of people think though because a lot of people go to a gym and they'll spend i mean I've, I've been training for years um i i don't i don't have a pt qualification um but then you know i think i'm absolutely fine on top of yeah you know yeah. no knock on pts like but yeah. um yeah, so my splits, if I was doing a four or five day, I'm not in the gym for hours. I'm in there 45 minutes, bang, I've done what I need to do and I'm out. That's yes. it, I'm gone. Okay. Um, you know, so sometimes if you do do a two, three day split, you know, if you're in the gym any longer than an hour, you know, mm. probably been in there a bit long. Mm. Um, but yeah, splitting it over four days and do 45 minutes, whack, in, out, you know. Um, I've had to dip some of the isolation moves out of my training, certainly, um, right. you know arms having larger arms is of no use to you in the outdoors right interesting um, i've come to find far more now yeah um, even though we climbed years ago but i was significantly younger then yeah um, different you know, yeah you've got a whole different ergonomic in your that's body it, mate yeah. so when you, get, when you get a bit older so yeah you, you know it's like well i still want to maintain a certain look aesthetically mm -hmm. but also i don't want it to be a massive ball ache when i'm trying to climb up something yeah um so yeah anyone you know I, I, my advice would be if you want to kind of get outdoors fit, so you want to do, you know, you want to do, you know, if you want to start doing a gym routine, basically, yeah, if you're not doing a gym routine at the moment and you want to kind of, you want to do all your outdoor stuff, um, you know, and you want to feel good, yeah, definitely a two, three day split, um, which, is a, which is what I'm working on at the moment. Um, so what would you incorporate within one of them sessions then? Well, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, if you can stretch the three days a week, uh, push, pull, and legs. So mm -hmm. pushing movements one day, pulling movements another, and then legs. Um, or if you haven't, yeah, you'd have to incorporate the legs. Um, but again, you know, you you do the pulling motion with the legs with the pull session and the pushing with the with the pushing session. But what I would say to anybody is, if you even if you do if you do those two days a week, um, and even if you don't, I'm I'm you know I'm not justifying people skipping gym time like you know that's naughty. <laughs> But even if you don't do it every week, yeah, because we've all got lives, you know, yeah, we yeah. have to live. Um, you will notice a massive difference strength-wise as soon as you start doing those basic things. And, I, you know, at, for, for now, we're working on this as a side project, um, which I hope we come off in the future. But I would say if you just Google push-pull um, training, you know, you'll find plenty of resources out on Google for that. Okay. And it's going to be basic compound movements, you know, you're looking at the bog-standard stuff. What you don't want to be doing is, you know, isolation movements. You're sitting there doing like little one arm curls and that. Yeah. No use to anyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. your well, arms you might look, look nice. a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, they yeah. might do. I don't know. It depends how many one arm curls yeah. you do. But, you know, squats, deadlifts, bench presses, yeah. back movement, pull ups. Yeah, pull ups. Body yeah. weight stuff. So burpees, um, you know, kettlebells, great example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly the pull ups, they're mega. 
Pull-ups, um, yeah, savage, yeah. yeah. Really so, good workout. I mean, I normally, with uh, on my back day, I'll do assist, assisted, but I'll try and do like 100 assisted pull-ups wow. for like back day, which sounds mental, doesn't it? But What would you break them into? Are they going up in sets of what? So I do, yeah, I do 10. Um, and this is the other thing, to alter the grip, because obviously it's one of the most... Uh, I I didn't really pay much heed for years, to be honest. Um it's one of the most versatile exercises because, mm-hmm. you know, you tweak your hands. So there you're doing your lats. Yeah. Um, and then you flip your hands around. Now you're doing your biceps. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Close, here, yeah. here as well. And an, another good tip. I'm going on to fitness now. Which that's just, that's <laughs> great. We're, like I say, we're a, we're a multifarious <laughs> conversation. If, you, um, if, if you're doing a pull-up, yeah, and you take your fingers off here at the top, so it looks like a trigger finger, yeah, you take them off. Um, it takes your forearms out of it. Wow. So it completely works your back. That's interesting. So you, when you think you might be smoked, if you've got your hands like that, take your figure, fingers off and uh, it takes your forearms completely out. Your forearms can't engage. That's mad. Your fingers on there, yeah. Isn't it? So you keep going. So that I'll try and do, um, and I'll throw like 25 kit. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested. People get so hung up on numbers in the gym. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the numbers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Lift what you can, lift it comfortably yeah. and push yourself. That's push yourself, it. You know, yeah. Who gives a shit what well, numbers The numbers don't matter. If you're dumbbell. working, you're working, That's you? it, mate. If you've got a sweater, you should be sweating. You should, yeah. have, you should be getting hot. If you can talk, mm-hmm. you know, you should be able to hold a conversation but not be rabbiting on for ages. Yeah. Um, that's the most important thing in the gym. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd just change all the grips around. Um, you know, I'd have, like, 25 key on the uh, assisted thing mm-hmm. and just blast out 100 of those at the start. Mm-hmm. That, that's been one of the most... in the you know, the past 10 years, one of the, the best things I've done yeah. in, in my gym routine. I did that in at the start. It's amazing. Well, one of the things I do on the bar, which I've been doing for years now, is just hanging as well. Just hanging on the bar for decompression. Just hanging for a couple of minutes, trying to get a couple of minutes. It's difficult. That's... But amazing. It feels amazing when I've done it. That's, you know, climbers... Um, and I've never done a massive... Even when we used to climb, I never did a massive amount of climber-specific training. A lot of people, though, in climbing, they'll get into, so fingerboards, or if, I don't know if you've mm, seen them in yeah. climbing, um, you know, that's to assist with your ten, you know, with your tendons and stuff like that. But you shouldn't be doing any of that until you're kind of a couple of years into climbing. Mm-hmm. And when they say that, that's like going and doing climbing two or three times a week, you know, yeah. and doing some climbing-specific training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you shouldn't be touching a fingerboard for at least two years. Now, for me, that's a massive effort. I'm never going to get back to that because I enjoy doing the other stuff too much. Yeah. And, you know, it's in your, you know... People beat themselves up about this kind of stuff, don't they? Like, oh, well, I want to get to this certain level, yes. and I want to do this. And it's like, just look at what's important in your life. Mm. Um, you know, you want to maintain a certain level of fitness. You want to be able to do your outdoor stuff and not be blowing when you're going up the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. You might want to do a bit of scrambling. You know, that and that, that that's that's me, and I'm happy with that. That's, you know. Oh, absolutely. You don't, you don't have to. <clears throat> I've learned the lessons. You know, you don't have to be perfect. At, you know, like, so I want to do these four activities regularly. So it's not like I want to be a champion powerlifter. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to climb like seven Bs and, you know, ludicrous climbing routes where you can only get like a small finger in a crack. You know, yeah. that, that's, you know, yeah. I'll have a happy spread of all of it across it. And that's cool for me. Like, that's really great advice. That's healthy advice. And I think it all adds to that focus to what you're doing in the moment as well. Because when our intentions are set a bit more sort of humbly like that, you know, we're not necessarily, I don't know like you say, the numbers in the gym or whatever it is, sort of seeking the thing from outside of ourselves as much, it kind of takes away. When, you, when you're when you in, when you're doing it for you and you're being realistic about what you're doing, I think there's so much more reward there. There's, so, there's something more tangible and real in it. Yeah. I think that's, that's really great advice. So 
2021, as we are getting on for halfway through it now. Oh, insane. How insane is that? It is madness, isn't it? <laughs> it's mad. But you've been so busy with doing what you're doing in the time scale you've done it. I mean, as we mentioned, the website before looks amazing. All of the work you're putting in, rewriting these these um, grades and these climbs and scrambles, um, amazing. So as we move into the second part of the year and hopefully we you know resume life, as it were, what does the future look like for Scramble This UK? Is it going to be sort of just going at it, going at it, so the day job can sort of fade away? Is that the plan? No, yeah. I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, you can just be out scrambling and seeing who, smiling yeah. faces. Who, who knows? I mean, I... Hashtag Scramble of Peaks, it'd be great. If it, So the main thing, if anyone takes away from today is... Um, that resource is there now. It's free. You know, I've made it as accessible as possible for anybody who wants to go and have a blast at it. Um, get out and do a few, you know, and inco mm. or incorporate. There's so many. The, 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 the peaks, again, which is why it's so good. You know, if you're going to Truvan, you're going to scramble. There's no way to get to the top of that mountain without scrambling. Yeah, you have to scramble there. These peaks ones, tag it onto a walk. You know, tag mm. a little one onto a walk and see if you fancy it. And if you don't, mm. Sound you're done, aren't you? You haven't bought any gear. You've gone out, you know. You've gone out walking. You've had a nice day. And you go, oh, I didn't like that. Fine, mm, done. Mm, mm. But that's there, so that'll be complete for the year. I'd love to see as many people as possible getting on that. So on Instagram, using the hashtag Scramble the Peaks. Tagging, link all this in, in cool. underneath the video. Yeah, um, tagging us into everything we love. You know, we love reposting stuff people put on as well. It's mega. I, I find it so rewarding when people. Um, you know, some accounts are really tetchy about, like, posting stuff apart from mm. their own content. If someone, like, does the honour of tagging us in something, you know, they've gone to the, they've gone to the effort of thinking, oh, they might like this. Um, yeah, we repost stuff all the time. It's ace seeing people out doing that. I get that from you, Alex, as as um, as I've listened to you on the Summit to Talk About podcast, as I've followed your page and jumped on, and I get that, that, that genuine passion for what you're doing. I think you've... You've kind of explained that across the board, whether we talked about fitness or what, whatever it may be. You know, like there's a genuine passion for what you're doing and, and a, a wanting to share it. And I think that comes through and seeing your page, which is really cool. You know, you're doing good stuff with that page. Instagram, as I'm talking about here yeah. as well, you know, you, you, your ability. Have you got any background in, in kind of graphic design or any kind of yeah. video making? <laughs> I've done, yeah, I've done a little bit. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can see that, you know, you can see that because everybody's, obviously a graphic designer now because we've all got these apps and we're all doing this and that and the other, but there's a certain way to do something very simple and make it accessible and, you know, that whatever that X factor is that, that gets you and you're great with that, as well as not being snobby, which is a great combination because <laughs> you are engaging, you know, you've, I heard you say, you know, you're not a faceless page, you, you, you're sharing people's stuff, people are tagging you. It's a lovely thing. When we get messages, we'll get messages from this podcast, oh, you know, blah, 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 I don't know. and it's, it's amazing yeah. because it's a... I don't know, there's something authentic about it, you know. It's not just, is the numbers I just hit in the gym, how strong am I or whatever. It's like we're we're out there putting, well, you are, are putting your time, like, and skin and bone into this, you know, and you can see it. And I think that's amazing. And I congratulate you on it. Cheers, mate. And that's I want, that's I want, really I want, nice to I want to come and do one of these scramble days as well. Yeah, Sam, well, we've got... Um 
We've got loads of dates, so yeah, you'll we'll, uh, I'll hop on and I'll um I'll I'll find one and we'll come along and do one. I'd love to, to do uh, that. yeah, you'll have to jump on one of the yeah, uh, the uh, Peak uh, District ones. That'd I'd be interesting to. though. It'd be good because uh, if you've been through that section. I think I have. I mean after check this, I might have been talking <laughs> absolute horse shit the whole podcast. But my second time I went out camping with Dave and went up a the first time up a hill. I'm sure it was that. I'll have to I'll check it and uh, I'll let you know, but I'm pretty sure it is. Pretty sure it is, and I took my kids back there, but we'll find out. That'll be mega. So, you know, you've you've done me the courtesy of having me in here with you today, so now I'll certainly extend the same to you, mate. Oh, it'd, be, and, uh, it'd be amazing. It'd be, so, so, is it just you doing it, Scramble This, or is there a couple of you? How's it work? Yeah, so the gu- the guided stuff, um, you know, the actual, you know, going out, getting the footage, doing all that stuff, you know, there's me, me and a few friends, but the guided Scramble days, yeah, it's only, mm. yeah, it's, on, it's only me taking people out on those. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, the course, you know, the course numbers, they're not massive. There's, you know, we don't have loads of people there. The Peaks is good because we picked that route purposely because you can get quite a few people in there. Yeah. Again, from a financial aspect, um, you know, if people go out doing scrambling, they, they, you know, especially in Snowdonia as well, you've got, you've got to keep the ratios quite low. So yeah. you're looking at one instructor to two people or potentially four people. And, you know, everyone's got to make a living. You know, what I'm not trying to do is steal work off people who are doing this, like, day yeah. in, day out, at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? So, but for the peaks, you can get away with having a higher course ratio just because it's not sketchy, you know, particularly the beginner's route we picked through there. And you've got loads of space before and after each obstacle. Um, so you can still put the amount of time you need to, you know, even though it's one day. So, you know, we've 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 made that as cheap as we possibly can mm. to get, you know, mm. because we've made the ratios higher. Yeah. Um, you know, and you so know, what is the ratio? Is it one one and eight, one and six? Yeah, one and six. Yeah, yeah one and six. it depends. Like you know, Trovan, it, it it completely depends on where where mm. you are. That's the thing, you know. And then I have to go through my full risk assessment process. And, and so, if you're planning the dates in, from your perspective, are you trying to think about whether in various parts of the country are likely to be sort of better placed than others? Or is it just a case so, of... Yeah, I mean, alternatives. The, the the main issue with the peaks is, so even the other week, like I know some routes that may have been slightly less wet than that one when we got there. But yeah, I mean, going on to that one, I will throw this one in if we've got time. So yeah, basically, if you're going out to do a grade one scramble, um, I said weather's massively crucial on this. So if you can think you've got a ridge um, or you've got a clough, you know, there's not a lot of in between, really. You're either on something that's open like this or something that's like that. Mm. So in one of those instances, for example, wind is going to be mass a massive issue. So, you know, course, if you're yeah. going up on Bristley Ridge, uh, sorry, on uh, Helvellyn, on Striden Edge, and there's 50 mile an hour winds, nah, yeah. yeah, sketch. Yeah. However... Um, if you're going into one of the tarns or, you know, or, or, or one of the gills in the Lake District, um, and there hasn't been a significant amount of rainfall, the wind's probably not going to be a problem. Mm. Um, so it's being, you know, it's having that flexibility in your planning. So it's like, well, I know I'm going to go out. You have a plan A, and then you can have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G. Well, you know, yeah. go down the list. Yeah. And again, that'll come with experience, you know. Mm. A lot of the stuff in the peaks, if you're going to get a lot of rainfall, a lot of them in cloughs, so they're probably all going to be quite, you know, heavy. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to snow down the lakes, you know, if it's going to be shocking winds, but that's the main thing. It's dead simple. Download the weather app, Met, yeah. off, Met Office weather apps, bang in for that. Yeah. You've got um, mountain weather as that's well. Right, Google yeah. mountain weather. That's yeah. a class app, especially for um, snowed in the lakes, snowed in the lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just be, do a bit of pre-planning, you know. 
but if it's been you know if you know it's going to rain all day um but the wind's looking at 10 mile an hour you know there's nothing else picking up what's the worst weather for you is it wind is wind the is, is wind the boo-boo weather i mean for the higher graded scrambling rain is not great mm. depending on where you are um and again, it completely depends on the rock type. But, you know, it's, that's getting a bit geeky-like. But, you know, this is stuff It's good. If you get into it, to pick it up. You know, especially mm. if, you, if you're climbing outdoors, you pick this stuff up because you know, um, you know, the different rock types. Like, grit stone's decent. It, you know, it's good. It's good grippy. Um, Rand- Travan, the whole, it's made out of rhyolite, um, okay. which is, that it's, it's a grippy rock type. And it dries off really quickly. So that's why it's amazing. So Friday, for example, it was raining when we went up. Um, and that route's really polished. So you, you might not have seen this, but where you've got... You look at the rock and go, it's really polished. It's because so many people... I was going to say, is yeah, that because of the traffic? That's it, literally the traffic. So a lot of places kind of dip out of popularity because they come polished. Oh. So loads of areas just get abandoned for quite a long period of time because it's like people who climb, they just go, oh. I go on that shit now because it's covered in polish. Because it's sketchy when it's wet, you know. Right. But with Truvan being rhyolite, um, you know, it can be wet and then bone dry in like 10 minutes. It's mental. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're different. But, yeah, but just get used to looking at the weather apps. That's mm. From a safety point of view, that's one of the biggest ones for me people to pay mm. attention to and take appropriate clothing out with you yes hiking shoes um you know it may be cracking the flags at the bottom but you know yeah so just, the higher you go and, and the further you go you just don't know what you're going to expect do you that's it and uh, prepare for the worst mm. that, that's the thing you know it sounds morbid but you know expect i'm going to fall off that cliff there and have to wait for my mountain rescue four hours you know all you want is loads of people got them now you want like a down jacket in your bag you know yep. so you can rock up there in your shorts and teach one of the most rewarding things that i've found and i've said this many times in this podcast is now i've and i'm talking kind of wild camping style here so a bit of hiking you know up somewhere up a town or something like that and then setting up and one of the most wonderful things that i find is like looking at my little bag you know i think i use like i've got a like a 60 liter so it's a reasonable size bag and i take too much food because i just love to have nice food when we're there but (laughs) i'm probably at 12 kilos or something like that I love it. I've got I've got everything in that bag, and it's just that bag on my back, and it, I'm ready for cold weather. I'm ready for sleep. I've got shelter. I've got food. I've got some wine. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like looking at that bag and knowing, and now I've, I've got a little bit more experience about what to take, what not to take. I've got my first aid kit. I've got my knife. I've got you know everything is in this bag, and I could be okay for a couple of days. I could be anywhere. It's, I love that feeling. The more the more kind of experience I get, the kind of less stuff I take as well, which seems uh, kind of counterintuitive, but it seems to be the case. You know, I, I was piling loads of stuff in before, but I do. I love that feeling of having that stuff at my disposal and being prepared. Yeah, you know, being able to pull out of whatever it is. You know, I've got one of those. I can cover that. Yeah, there's a spare cagoule or whatever it may be. That's a nice feeling. Yeah, it's ace. You it know, is, it's it? It, it, well, you got a bit. I know it's weird. You get a bit of a sense of achievement, don't you? It's yeah. Like, life's just out what I need to go there and I know I'm going to be okay when I go there and mm. I know I'm going to be okay if something bad happens yeah you know um mm. I've heard loads of stories I've seen loads of stuff you know as well but the best bet. story I heard recently um I, I didn't see it so <laughs> I know he said he was up he was up Truvan and it was the middle of winter so he was doing a, a winter mountain leader course with somebody um so he had full winter mountaineering gear on crampons um you know so he had the he had the whack on and if he had it on yeah. It needed to have it on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so all of a sudden this bloke just appears over like near the near the north over the north ridge going towards like the the, the, the summit. 
Um, and he was just wearing like a Marks and Spencer's jacket, kind of, you know, like like a summer autumn jacket, um, just an old pair of shoes. And he had two Sainsbury's bags. And he was like, What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, he, but there's no bullshit because he, he, he thought, he, you know, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't make himself up. He's so. even an exemplary climber or well, just a fucking this lunatic. Is the, this is the thing. So, I like I'm not the mountain police, yeah. That's not my job. Yep. So I mean, if I saw something blatantly unsafe when I was out there, I would probably say something to, to somebody mm. and risk looking like a dick in front of them who may have far more experience than me. Just but, to yeah, to, just to care. But just to, you know, that's yeah. the thing. It's about you know looking you okay? after each other, isn't, yeah. it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like someone did it the other week. We were going up to do you know. Um, on the east face of Trevon randomly, there's like a grade one plus there. Now, we wouldn't probably go do that for enjoyment. We were filming it for Instagram. Um, but yeah, we were just rocking up and obviously didn't have ropes, or, you know, none of that stuff. Um, and uh, some bloke was like, we've got ropes, lads. And it's like, it's, I, I, I respected him asking us that because mm. we could have, I mean, I don't think I look like an amateur. I don't know. But mm. he was like, you know, he took the, you know, the thing to go, Basically, do you know what you're doing? And I was yeah. like, so I had a quick chat with him, and he was like, "All right, sounds." So, and then he went off and did his stuff. But cool. it's just you know, it's nice that people think of other people. But yeah, absolutely, you don't want to be the mountain police. But yeah, so we asked this dude, and he's like, um, "You all right, mate? What you?" And he said, "Oh, just uh, come up here for some lunch. Just uh, staying in the area." <laughs> and it was like a whiteout on the top. It's two Sainsbury's bags. Jesus Christ! But he'd got up there. Yeah. Like that's some going that is in a, you know, just a pair of like M and like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just you know, like just city dad, street. dad shoes yeah. in it. Like yeah, he yeah. wears the office. It's like yeah. I have no idea how you get up that. Because like they have full crampons. Yeah. Anyway, mental. But wow. that's the thing. People just because you see people doing stuff like that and knocking them out on flip flops, like mm. you know, don't imitate them. Well, right? I, knew, I knew when I was following David's feet up that thing, you know, and and he'd you know we. I don't know, I, I'm very sensitive to this. So I come with him and I had my bag and I thought I knew what I was doing. I'd bought like a cheap bag, you know, like a 40 litre trespass bag. And I put my stuff in it. And then when we got out the back of his vehicle, when we parked at the at the bottom before we went up and made the hike, he sort of said, right, come on, let's have a look at your bag. And he started going through my bag. He's taking stuff. He said, right, we'll leave that. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that. Got my towel out. I had like a bathroom towel that must, must have weighed about four <laughs> kilos. He said, yeah, you don't need that. And he cut me a little bit of his microfiber towel off about this big and I was like Dave what am I going to do with that because we'd planned to go in the water he says you'll be alright with that don't worry about that anyway my bag became like you know a third of its contents and then I was walking up I was looking at him and his bag was just not moving you know everything was slick everything his shoe he changed his shoes he had different shoes on for climbing and my bag was like rattling around on the back of me and stuff and moving and, and I was puffing and huffing and he, he, he just came up to me and he sort of just changed these pulled that in done this thing Right, right now walk and I was like all of a sudden it's like oh yeah that's loads better just little details like that that were really kind of humbling and then I remember being so excited when I'd had that that night getting home the next day and I was straight looking for new gear like better gear because I knew that was it and I must have been out god this last year I bet I've been out 30 40 times loved it every chance I've got when the weather's been okay and learning about the weather which is what I was going to come to actually as you were talking about, you know, getting those good couple of apps and paying attention to the weather, having respect for the weather. In the times that we live in, where these things are fucking amazing and lethal at the same time, especially for young people, mm. um, I found getting outside has been such a medicine. And I think, and I hope, that this conversation lends itself to, to 
just you know everybody but younger people as well that we might we might start to get outside a bit more i think this time we've been through has definitely given us that when we weren't able to go to the cinema or do the things that we usually do and people were just going out for walks camping whatever it may be i think it's important and the work you're doing and bringing it to people is amazing i think and um yeah we need more of it and i hope that anybody listening to this thinks you know what i fancy a bit of that gives it a go contacts you guys we'll link everything at the bottom below this video website instagram all that other stuff is there anything else in there that you want to you want to link sweet to? no that's it no no yeah that's it our, our, our main feed we're just going to concentrate on instagram to be honest and yeah you know it's, it's it's such an easy platform it's great for what you do as well because it's so beautiful the pictures and the, the way it communicates is fantastic it's mega and you know the engagement we get on instagram like i you know i've done quite a lot with social media over the years doing various stuff and you can connect with people on Instagram. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not always evil social media, like mm. Instagram, especially if you're, you know, looking particularly outdoor stuff, everyone's cool. Like they're, yeah. they're all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and like dropping someone a message or something, you know, they're not like, that's how I message you. I mean, I'm the same. It's the one that we use other than uploading our podcast. This goes to YouTube. This, this podcast, we upload this to YouTube and it goes up on the audio to all the usual spots, iTunes and all that. Instagram is the only social media that we use because yeah. I find the culture in there is just, it does feel a bit more uh, healthy. Yes. <laughs> if, if that makes any <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, no, as, as far as social media is going to do that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I've made loads of connections with like really, really nice people. Mm. Um, you know, lovely people. Mm. I'm, I'm mega happy with it. And my previous experience with social media is like, yeah, it's quite vapid and, you know, throw away. And yeah. So yeah, it's been it's it's been good. So yeah, Instagram definitely. We'll send we'll send them there. So listen, thank you, Alex. I really appreciate your time. You've driven um, high high roads to get here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. We'll send everybody over to scramblethisuk.co.uk. Thank you, sir. Cheers, mate. Thank you. You take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Chew the Chat podcast. Thank you for listening to my Chew the Cat podcast. Chew the Cat. I want to say my own words. Go on then. Very angry. And there you go. What a good lad. What a sound lad. And a really, really um, infectious with his diligence you know like looking at that website and i you know employ you to get over there www.scramblethis.co.uk um yeah really really cool website a lot of, a lot of effort and meticulous effort gone into you know you can just pull up one of those cards pull a destination and you'll know where to park how to get there the turns you know fantastic um producer aiden ended up shooting out that night i mean when, when we when we'd uh, finished the podcast and had a bit of a chat after and stuff with Alex, who'd travelled up from Cheshire, um, you know, I, Aiden was just buzzing. He was like, man, that's great. He says, I'm off. I said, I'm going. And he took something from the website and off he went. And it, I saw some piece, sent me some pictures the next day. He's, there he is at the top of something with a friend of his and they'd gone and camped and scrambled their way up there and took, took Yogi's dog and stuff. So, um, yeah, amazing. So I hope you enjoyed that. And thank you to Alex. What a dude. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go and do some scrambling with him and maybe we'll do another podcast or something, but we're going to go and scramble with Alex. So another lovely moment in our podcast life. Thanks, Alex. Okay. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Kieran at Go Deep. 
Deepflowflotation.com. Uh, uh, well, go deepflotation.com. And thank you to Matt uh, at linkincryolab.co.uk. Cryotherapy, flotation therapy. Eat well, sleep well. Just be honest with yourself, right? That's it. You know, most of you who are listening to this at this point are probably of the mindset you're trying to um, improve yourself anyway. You know, you're trying to find the, 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 the tricks, the, the ways to embed new habits or just good old square yourself off when you look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm a bit lazy there. I'm a bit slack there. You know, I'm fucking, I've had it this last couple of weeks. I've been eating far too. I've had too many of them biscuit cupboard moments. So I've been much more, um, my wife's having a bit of a kick on the old keto thing at the minute. So we're, we're, um, yeah, I feel good at the minute. I've gone through the sugar barrier thing a couple of weeks of that where I can look at a packet of Oreos and actually say, ah, yeah, that's just like a mental load of fucking factory chemicals that have been put in a wrapper. <laughs> I can see it for what it is as opposed to like the sugar just fucking pulling me in like a crack then. Um, so yeah, feeling good for that. But yeah, if you are listening and you are um, of that mindset, you know, it's good to have you, man. It's not easy being a fucking human, especially at these times, but flotation therapy, cryotherapy, trying to get some decent sleep. You know, a friend of mine at the moment is recovering from something crazy and, you know, had one of those habits like many of us. I, I once upon a time as well where you just fall asleep watching some bullshit on the telly and you wake up at half past 12 with your neck cranked in your clothes and then you go upstairs and have a piss and fucking do you brush your teeth, probably can't even be asked to brush your you know, and you get in bed and it's quarter to one and fucking then your alarm goes off at six o'clock. That is not the way to sleep, you know, especially as you're getting older, you know, you should pay a bit of mind to it, you know, you don't just, to change how you sleep is not to change how you sleep, it's to change how you go about your routine to go to bed, you know, so, um, I found getting getting out of that routine of just sitting in front of the telly and catching up on whatever and, you know, actually just going upstairs, setting an intention a bit, you know, like read a book or set a candle or put the um, oil diffuser on, chat, you know, just get up there and chill earlier. Um, and for me, reading just knocks me out. But that's good. Then you get some decent sleep. And then when you've had that decent sleep, maybe you've nicked an extra hour, an extra hour and a half. Maybe the actual sleep you've got is just better quality. All of a sudden, the next day is different. That decision-making has been shown, you know, we make crazy shit decisions when we're really tired. And I don't think a lot of us realise how tired we are. We're just operational, you know. Um, so, yeah, keep on keeping on trying to be a human, getting better, because uh, that's what we've got. You don't necessarily need jacking up by the government um, who apparently care ever so much about you. They'll sell you fags and booze on one hand and they'll jack you up with their new chemicals with the other. <laughs> and make sure you wear your little mask. Make sure you wear your mask and block off your ability to breathe clean air. Yeah, Just collect a shitload of mental bacteria and create a fucking biohazard in front of your very breathing apparatus. But I digress. Um, listen, I love you. Take care. Lots of love.